As Napoleon Hill said, true success is only achieved with the power of harmonious coordination of minds working to a definitive end. On Agent Wealth Network Live, you'll join Dr. Hank, the change maker in real estate, for live conversations with an elite group of real estate experts, including coaches, authors, sales trainers, and successful agents and brokers, from up-and-comers to mega-producers. You'll come away with mindset, lead generation, and wealth-building strategies that will change your business while building a life of joy and fulfillment. And now, here's your host, Dr. Hank. Welcome, everybody. It's Dr. Hank. And oh, man, we're here with Agent Wealth Network. And you know what we do here? We help real estate agents and brokers to not only increase their business, but also to increase their wealth. And, you know, every week I have somebody very special on to share something that is a unique, something that, you know, they really understand about real estate or whatever. But one of my agenda items that probably I haven't shared with you is what I want all of us to do is to become more than just a realtor, more than just a salesperson. And, um, and so today we have someone that will take you to the next level. And let me introduce to you the creator of the seven hour book, Nick Rothel. And Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Dr. Hank, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to uh, speak with you and to speak with your audience, too. Yeah, well, thank you. I know that you have helped a lot of people to um, to uh, write books uh, from investors to real estate agents to brokers. And uh, before we kind of get into how to do that, and I know you're going to share some of your wisdom with us about that, that can you help us understand that why would what does a book do and again you know i'm an author and i have like 10 books just uh, just finished my 10th book in fact the power of of feeling that's called and so what what do you do uh, why have a book why can that help a realtor to uh, be more respected or more than just a realtor well i think you hit on the nail right on the head with that phrase you've said a couple times now being more than just a realtor and that really yep. is what a book is going to help you to do. It's going to help you to stop just being another person who people meet at a networking event and get their business card. Um, actually, if you want to think about it in the business card context, a book yeah. really is like a business card that you don't throw away. I mean, I don't know about you, Dr. Hank, but I don't throw away books. You know, When was the last time you threw away a book? Probably not recently, right? And it's yeah, the same thing yeah. with having this thing out there. You know, it's, it yeah. is that business card that you don't throw away. So I would say, yeah. in answer to your question, that's probably one of the main reasons. And then, as we've said, becoming more than just another realtor. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it, it reminds me of I had a, um, a, a real estate agent, and so he wasn't selling too many homes, uh, maybe one or two a month. The average for the real estate agent is actually one every two months. And... Um, I was coaching with him, and I used to coach agents and brokers, and I don't do that very much uh, other than people that really have some life-changing event where they really need help. And and uh, uh, but, but what he wanted to do is he wanted to become uh, an international realtor. And so here he was. He was just a mediocre type of realtor guy, and he got this thought about, I want to become an international realtor. And he did, by the way, become that. But one of the things that he did 
he wrote a book <laughs> and that added that credibility and it was a book of international you know real estate and he really didn't know anything about that other than he wanted that and uh and then because whatever you want that then you know you'll be given you'll start attracting the different thoughts and ideas so what type of books that for for a realtor like what would be be an appealing title or how do we get started with all this how do you get started i think the first step for anyone looking to get started is to take stock of what you have and really take stock and to use a phrase here from the personal development world, take yeah. stock of your acres of diamonds. Yeah. As, a, as a realtor, you have certain things that you know. Just as Dr. Hank, you and I, before this call, were talking about the things that each of us gained from, for example, in your case, working at Procter & Gamble. These yeah. little things that you know that you take for granted, but that other people who are not as close to your profession or to your field don't know. So yeah. getting back to your question of, where might you start? Take stock of what you have. Take stock of what you know. And being a realtor, being a broker, in this case, one of the main things you're going to know is all of the things that go into buying a house. So if you were to go down that route then, think about what you know in respect to that versus what most people don't know, most consumers don't know, and yeah. see about positioning your book in a way that helps to educate them, helps to position you as the expert showing that you know things that at this point they don't know yeah. and helping them as well to bridge that gap to be better informed when they do buy the home. You know, I, and I love this. And these are some real golden nuggets here. And this is some wisdom, folks. So I, I want you to write down some of these things because if you don't write down, if you just listen to it, I, I tell you that most people, what happens is you listen to it and you think it's a good idea and then you leave and you keep up the same old life that you have. And it's not that you have a bad life, but all of us want to have a better life. And so one of the keys there is to start recognizing and, and writing down, uh, as, as you sh shared there, Nick, on what are your experiences? You know, what do you know? What is your knowledge that you didn't know? And, you know, this could be applicable for, because we have all kinds of people that are listening to this from very experienced high-end brokers that are making 200 grand a month or whatever to uh, brand new agents. And even if you're a brand new agent, remember you got all that training. And so, you know, just with all that training that you have and, and as you start, um, it's almost even better if you're brand new to kind of, you know, you're going to be stumbling into things and realize, oh, look at that. And so it won't be such second nature as if, you know, you've been in it for a while. So what are some other points on like, how, how do I, so what would I title the book? Like, are there some good key, um, you know, phrases that, that I would have? Or what are your thoughts on that? I think it comes down to how you want to position the book and what your own personality is. So, for example, if you want the book to be more of a sales and marketing-oriented direction, then you're going to want to use copywriting. You're going to want to go all in on copywriting and think about the words and the phrases that, from the copywriting world, sell. So you're going to want, for example, to put in secrets. You're going to want to put in the truth about. Um, you're going to want to use... All of these phrases that you see in ads or that even when you look at things on Google, for example, and you see you know, a, a headline, the truth about dot, 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 and it makes you <laughs> click, you're going to want to make your title very clickbait-oriented if that's your goal. If wow. your goal, on the other hand, though, 
is to write a book, for example, that's going to be a legacy piece. I mean, maybe you're not necessarily doing this to attract clients and leads. You're doing this because after 20 years in the business, you feel really a connection to your community and you want to leave something behind. If you're going in that direction, then you're going to want to totally ignore everything I just said about the copywriting and title it maybe something more sentimental. And I think an example of that, a big example, would be the book, it came out about a year ago, that Buffini put out, his immigrant story, right? He's definitely not doing that to attract leads to his business. I mean, you know, Buffini Coaching Organization doesn't need any more. But he's putting out a book like that instead to cement his legacy and to really advance some key ideas. So I think that Mm. there really are two strands and two paths you can go down within that. So the leads or the legacy. And it really is your choice as an agent. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, as you say that, I really hadn't put it in that context. But like in my book, like the happiest man in the world is probably the legacy. And and a lot of it is I just want to share it with with the world and to know these truths about how life plays and how you can make life be more successful. But I also have the 13 steps to more money. <laughs> and so, you know, so like, hey, more money, that that's probably one of those, you know, marketing things on that, hey, what do we want? You know, we want more happiness and, and we want more money, right? <laughs> And more business and whatever that, you know, can be. And um, so what about like stories? Um, Do you use uh, stories like, you know, you're famous for creating a book in seven hours and basically is just being on the phone with you for seven separate hours and you asking the right questions and whatever. And how much of stories are involved in whether it's a legacy or for marketing? And let's probably look more at marketing and that, hey, I want to, um, so can we start with like, if I want to get more listings, what would be a good name of a uh, uh, of a book for listings? That's tough, coming up uh, on the fly like that. Yes, good, a great question, Dr. Hank. Um, I think in- The secret in to selling case, your house? <laughs> the secret to selling your house, maybe, or? That, that, could, that could certainly work in, the right case. Uh, yeah. I think going back though to your broader question about story, yeah. that's really going to depend on, again, what your goals are. So if your goals are to position yourself on the expert, one example of a story you might tell is how you went from being uninformed like your consumer is to now being this expert. So you rode through the trenches to real estate, maybe some deals you did initially showing that you've learned quite a bit about the deal making yeah. process and how far you've come. So it yeah. might be it might almost be an origin story, for lack of a better term. So your yeah. origin story as a realtor going uh, from zero to hero as the expression goes <laughs> and really becoming somebody. Yeah, I love that. Zero to hero. And you know, all of us really have been on that. Um, to where we've all had our challenges. And again, it doesn't matter where you are, how long you've been with real estate, you've had your challenges and and you found that, you know, you you came to real estate. One of the reasons why we come to real estate is because we have more freedom. And that's what our soul wants is more freedom and, and freedom as far as like if we compare it to corporate America, you know, we certainly don't want that. So probably a lot of people could relate to, hey, I'd like to, um, you know, I can relate to, yeah, not be not liking corporate America and then becoming a real estate agent. And then probably the trial and tribulations, in other words, those 
clients that uh, could have lost a lot of money or, um, you know, it could have gone, fell through, but th that they saved the deal. And so those, you know, type of things. So what's the best story that you, you've heard? <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, that's that's a tough one. That is a very tough one. I mean, I've, yeah. I've certainly, one that always comes to mind is um, the immigrant stories. I mean, there are quite a few immigrants who've come to this country and really made a name for themselves and worked their way up, you know, through good, decent, honest, hard work. So that kind of a story is uh, is always good to hear and encouraging and proof as well that, at least to my way of thinking, the American dream isn't dead. I think there's still uh, there's still plenty of <laughs> plenty of life in it. So yeah, I think yeah. that that's always a good story that comes to mind. Absolutely, I love that. And um, so so we talked about so you know writing a book it'll give you credibility it'll attract. You'll, you'll be able to track more listings, uh, more buyers, kind of depending on what you're doing. And um, so tell me, how difficult is it to write a book? Can you kind of take us through the process of how, how do you do this and how do you people uh, how do you help people write a book? Sure. Well, the first thing we do, first and foremost, in helping people to write a book mm. is to give them the confidence in themselves that they can do it. And the reason I say that is because while we do help people with the book writing process and publishing process, we're always happy in the cases when it happens to have those calls where we end up talking someone into writing the book themselves and not even needing us. Wow. And I realize that may sound kind of weird, but <laughs> yeah. there are realtors and there are people in this profession who have a book inside of them and yeah. they just need to have that conversation with an outside party to tell oh. them, you have this book inside you. And if you just take some time, given everything you've told us, if you just take some time, 20 minutes now, 30 minutes another day, or even a set amount of time consistently, and write the book and do time blocking, almost like Gary Keller's The One Thing. Do a little right. bit of time blocking there. You yeah. can get this thing out, and you don't need to hire a service. You don't need to do anything of that sort. You can get this out. So I think no, I that that's first and foremost where it starts. I, I just love that, Nick, and, and that you really come from heart with that, and I love that service that, that you uh, provide. How would people get a hold of you, like, you know, because probably people are saying, hey, I know I got a book in, inside me, and that how could I initiate that first discussion or whatever? How, how would we be able to do that? Sure. Well, the way that it starts is uh, you can go to our website, uh, okay. contentcore.net, D-O-N-T, E-N-T-C-O-R-P-S dot N-E-T. Okay. And we have a contact form on there. Just fill that out. And then we'll be in touch to schedule a 20-minute conversation just to oh. see if they have the book inside them or yeah. if it would make sense potentially to work with us. Yeah, that's fantastic. And just a word about that, tie blocking or whatever, like when I – wrote that uh, when I wrote my first uh, book, I remember what I did is I always tell myself in anything that I, I do is that I want it easy and, um, uh, and fun. And so just to have it easy and fun. And so I decided that I just would wake up like a half hour earlier every morning and I would just sit down and just start writing. And I'd ask and I'd ask the universe, God, you know, I'd say, hey, what what can I write about? You know, what it would be the best thing? And so I might start doing the chapters or I might start writing about just an idea that I have. And that half hour sometimes would turn into an hour or two hours, right? And all of a sudden looking, oh, geez, I got to get going here. 
but you know you'll find yourself just getting uh, lost in that and so how do you um, uh, so the first thing is is uh, uh, that confidence and to really you know understand it what's the what's the next steps or you know how do you make that book and chapters or or whatever it may be um, uh, how, where do we go from there where do we go from there that's a great question <laughs> after talking with them if it does if we do find that maybe they do have too much on their plate to yeah. do with themselves or maybe they're writing just for better or worse, isn't there, yeah. uh, then we would continue the conversation and uh, determine what would make the most sense in terms of a plan to work with them. And based on that, the core, though, of what we are offering, the seven-hour book, is seven one-hour calls over the phone. Okay. And that's the only, quote-unquote, work they need to do. Just show up, answer some questions, talk with us for seven one-hour calls. And uh, the book gets made based on that. And I, I emphasize the seven one-hour calls because this is not seven straight hours on a call. And I, I don't think anyone, I, I don't think anyone, maybe maybe Tony Robbins because he's got all that energy, but um, I don't think anyone can do seven straight hours on the phone. The seven one-hour yeah. calls. I'm with you, Nick. It doesn't sound like fun if we if we have that, you know, for sure. And uh, so can you tell us then on like, how do you develop a book? Like, do you start with the chapters first, or do you start with, um, you know, the content, or, or, and how, how does that kind of, kind of get in? So, let's say I have a title, and you know, it's uh, the secret to selling your home, and and you know, whatever for the most money or whatever, and and uh, and so we have a title, and then how how do we go from there? Like, uh, is there a, a process that you would share with us that you typically go as far as steps on as the chapters or as the content or, or where is it? Sure. We, we're very big on having an outline and a skeleton before the project even begins. So, okay. for example, the, quote, skeleton or the outline would be that your book is going to be, just, just as an example here, the yeah. five principles to selling your home. Uh -huh. So chapter one would be an introduction, then five chapters in the middle, covering those five principles, or the five principles to being an effective realtor, as another example. And then each of those five would be followed at the very end by the conclusion chapter. So you would have the introduction, you would have five core chapters, each one with a principle, and then at the very end you would have the conclusion. So doing the math there, that's five, six, seven, seven sections of the book, seven calls, one per call, and that would be an example of how we might do it. That, that's great. That's great. And I like that. Uh, seven's a spiritual number and it, it, it all just plays well. So I, I like that seven. And um, how many pages do you have per chapter then uh, uh, typically? Is there a rule on that? Or? That, is, that is another good question because it, <laughs> it does depend to an extent. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that very specifically because it's not going to be a one-page chapter. I mean, I think who moved my cheese can get away with that sort of thing. But uh, no, these chapters are, I would say, on average, probably probably a minimum of about 15 pages. And okay. another project that we're just wrapping up right now, the chapters went very long, 35, 40 pages. Yeah. But the goal in this particular case with the recent project is that – their organization is really trying to make more of a textbook 
Oh, so okay. each chapter needs to go very, very into depth. Uh, but I would say on average probably about 15, maybe 20, oh. 25 if you're pushing it. Okay, great, great. And so, so now we have the title, we got the content, we talked to you, we got those you know, five principles, the uh, intro, the conclusion, and uh, so we have that book. And then what's next? Like, do I have to buy a certain number of books or you know, is it on Amazon, or how does all that play out? Well, it's definitely, you're definitely going to put it on Amazon, Amazon being the preeminent online sales platform. Yeah. In terms of buying a certain number of books, that's really not how we structure it. Uh, we're This is also, just to be clear, this is not a publishing company. Uh-huh. Our operation is not a publishing company. Our operation is based on getting people to have the text, which they can then, get published through Amazon or through one of the hundreds, if not thousands, of independent printing offices out there. Yeah. So we help you to get the meat together. We help with cover design, formatting, that sort of thing. But then in terms of the actual print and the actual fulfillment, uh-huh. we'll help you to find someone who's a good fit for your needs on there. Oh, okay, great, great. And uh, so in my personal experience, Create Space is just amazing, which is part of um, – uh, Amazon, and then they can, you know, publish it right on Kindle and and have it on Amazon. And so I have my assistant, so I don't do any of this stuff. You know, I mean, I write the content and everything, but my assistant does all of it and, you know, puts it up there and just asks me, hey, how does this look? And usually, you know, I just go fine because <laughs> I can't do it any other way. And it's, you know, the best way of uh, uh, for it's just more effective way for you know have her do it. So I have found that it becomes you know very easy. But getting that content and the help that you have is really a service. And um, can I ask what is the pricing on that, and or does it vary, or or where are we with that? Yeah, it definitely varies. Um, oh. It just just so many different <laughs> different people we're working with that it, I, best answer I could say is it varies. Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 So with that, that uh, I do want to switch gears and, and talk about some other things about um, it, like selling through yourself through a story and how to and build your investor brand. I know that you have worked with a lot of investors, and so you have some knowledge with that. But is there any other things that you'd like to share with us about the value of why I have a book, um, how to do the book, anything else, any other insights that you'd like to share with us on that? Well, I think in terms of having a book, again, think about the idea of scarcity. And what I mean by scarcity, scarcity in personal development, having a scarcity mindset, that's a negative thing. But yeah. in economics, and where we're coming from as realtors, scarcity yeah. is a very good thing. So <laughs> if you are in your market as a realtor and you are surrounded by many other competitors, if you are the only one with a book, suddenly you're scarce. Suddenly it's very difficult to find another realtor who, at least on paper, has the same prestige, the same aura, the same credentials as you now that you're a published author. Another thing I would add is that in having a book, you instantly get a calling card to use for getting on great webinars like yours, Dr. Hank, and all of the podcasts out there. Podcast hosts are looking for authors and someone with a platform. Having a book that you can say, you can stand behind, 
it shows that you've put in the time and put in the effort. So media sources recognize that and they're much more willing to have you on. And by media sources, I mentioned podcasts, webinars yeah. like this one. Don't rule out TV though. Don't right. rule out radio. Don't rule right. out traditional media. We hear all this talk today about new media and that there's plenty of plenty to that. But don't yeah. rule out the possibility of getting on TV or, like right. I said, getting on radio because that's very accessible to you when you have a platform. And they have really a lot of people, and you make a, just a great point. Um, there's a lot of viewers out there on TV, and though even though there's you know, a lot of different channels, et cetera, that you get on there, and just saying you're on ABC or whatever, it might be the local channel, but that can really do some big things. And do you help to actually market the book then? We do, yeah. We, we do help with the book marketing. That's there's plenty, plenty of interesting ways you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say that is uh, your number one value is is uh, providing that content and, you know, to actually have the book, if you will, and get you going. That's the other thing is to just get people to take that step. You know, it's that first morning of writing under the first call with you. You know, you just have to start getting it. And once you do, you'll start getting that momentum going. And, you know, and think about how you can share this with your children too, and your children's children, and they'll be talking about that because you have this book. So this is, you know, really a legacy, no matter what type of book it is, you know, and really can be a legacy and really show on just the character that that you are with it. The second piece of value that you have is now you're able to market it because you can write a book and if you don't market it, that nobody's going to see it. <laughs> and, you know, one of the best ways is to always, you know, have it when you're at a listing presentation, you know, put down your book there and have it there. But there's other ways, like you say, there's the media and all kinds of media from the newer media like these podcasts to uh, the standard traditional media that does impact, you know, a lot of people. And so um, it, can you share a little bit more on how you market the book then? Is there uh, some techniques or some thoughts you have behind that? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the interesting and to an extent overlooked aspects of marketing a book is to bake other people into the book. And I realize that probably sounds a little bit offbeat given that we're talking about it being your book. But if you bake in, so to speak, people who are not competitors of yours and have large audiences, writing them into, say, an appendix at the end of your book, or when you mention various resources, baking them in and putting in a good word about them in the book, you're essentially getting book ambassadors who, when your book does come out, since you were nice enough to feature them in the book, they can then promote it on their social media. They can then have copies of the book because they look good in your book, so why would they not promote it? So you can <laughs> essentially get other people to promote your book for you just by writing a couple of sentences in a section of the book. Oh, my God, Nick. I love that. <laughs> that just, just rocking it. I love the term bake in, you know. So, yeah, bake in some people, and it might be – um, you know, it might be Buffini that you brought up there. Or, uh, you know, uh, might be uh, there's all kinds of people that you know are famous in in real estate to be able to do, or even outside of real estate that uh, you know if they have a high influence that uh, that you definitely would want that you know to be be publicized. So that's a great one. Any other tips for us on how to market the book? Well, that would be that would be one of the big ones that comes to mind. Uh, yeah. I think. 
another one that's a little bit I, I'm not sure how how I feel about this one, but it is it is one that people do. It's finding niches within niches within niches on Amazon. So the idea wow. here is that you can say that you're a number one Amazon best-selling author because you were the only book in a category on Amazon. So if you if you drill down like that, so <laughs> like I said, I'm not I'm not sure how I, I feel about that. I know that some people are very excited by it and, and take advantage of it, but that's that's another one for us. Well, and so here's my opinion on that is um, that I think anybody that writes a book is a top seller because they came with heart. They, you know, they took the time to do that. They, you know, sat with you that they and and so they really wanted to, you know, get out there and they wanted to share their knowledge. And uh, so that to me, they're, they're the best seller in my book, whether or not because there's also all kinds of different uh, bestsellers. There's the New York bestseller, New York Times bestseller. There's the Amazon bestseller. You know, and so you can divvy this up anyway. And um, uh, and so you know, or uh, another one is uh, uh, that a top selling. Uh, that basically everybody's a top selling because when you publish that book, and if one person bought it under whatever it is, real estate or whatever. You're going to be one of the top selling that week, and that's how they typically look at it. If I understand, it's a week's time, and so in that week or that day, actually that day, in that day, that you know, hey, how many did they sell? And so just get a few of your friends to buy it, and you can be a top seller. That doesn't mean you're the best seller, but a top seller. So, uh, but again, I think that everybody deserves that uh, title on, on top selling. You know, we. Um, we got a little, we talked before, we, we started a little about um, investing and that you uh, work with a lot of investors. And uh, what I have found is that I have a lot of agents out there that are interested in investing. And so they're, they want to um, create their wealth. And I'm a big proponent on, on diversifying and uh, to be able to, like, for example, DocHankWebinar.com, I have three ways in order to build your wealth on that. And I'm with the XP Realty, and so I have three ways to build your wealth. But I also think you should diversify and become an investor. And so as uh, we had talked earlier before the show that, like Erica Cisneros, that she's doing these investment um, seminars now for real estate agents uh, to understand investing, and she's a big-time investor and very successful, and to understand that and to start building wealth through owning different properties. And so with that, can you share with us on what kind of um, investing, as far as what did you learn from the books of these other investors, and uh, what are your thoughts about investing and how to help real estate agents to increase their wealth? through investing? Well, I think one of the things that comes to mind, speaking about realtors becoming uh, investors and going into that, is the unfair advantage that you guys have in that you can access the MLS. Those of us uh, who are on the investing side cannot access the MLS. And so we, we're dependent on realtors for leads and for those, quote, pocket listings. That, uh, that all, all the investors want, the off-market deals. So the fact that you guys as realtors can access the MLS gives you a tremendous unfair advantage. So I think wow. that that's, uh, that's one reason in itself for going into the, investment, uh, into the investment category. And then 
relating to some of the other things you were asking, Dr. Hank, about what have I learned? I've learned that uh, multifamily real estate, as many of you know, is certainly hot right now, and that it is one of those asset classes that uh, supposedly is recession-resistant. I think another good one, though, that a lot of people don't consider is self-storage. And the benefit of self-storage is that it truly is, when you look at it, recession-resistant. In the case that when there is a recession, everybody puts their stuff in self-storage, downsizing. And then when there is not a recession and people are doing well, they have all the stuff that they buy, so they need somewhere else to put it. So in terms of asset classes, multifamily is hot right now, and there is plenty to be said for that. But at the same time, don't rule out self-storage. Don't rule out another one that pops up frequently in discussions of alternative real estate assets, which is mobile home parks. There's a a considerable number of people investing in those, and it is a really interesting asset class that a lot of people, as with self-storage, don't really look into and may potentially be missing something. Wow, wow. That is great. Those are so those are great three great opportunities. And again, I want you, everybody let's write this down because this is some hot information that, you know, like when you talk about recession proof is basically the way that I'm looking at this and I mean our real estate industry has just been booming and we're starting to see it slow down a little and prices start leveling off and not getting, you know, the asking price, not having all those buyers in uh, many parts of the United States. It hasn't hit all of them yet. But, you know, at some point, it's kind of like the stock market. The stock market goes up and down, up and down, but it's always really going up. And so, you know, the value is always, if you take look 30 years ago on real estate that, you know, things have double, triple, whatever, and, and, and much more than that. And, um, and so this recession proof, you bring up a great, you know, point on how do you, because will, will there be kind of a downtime in the future? The answer is yes, there will. And so how can you have an investment in order to protect you over that? And so you brought up a, a three great points on the multifamily self-storage and um, uh, what was the third one on it? Uh, and mobile homes. What was the and third one? Homes. Yeah, mobile homes. Yeah, mobile, mobile homes. <laughs> I would add another one to that list as well, okay. thinking about yeah. it right now, which yeah. is any kind of a real estate property related to seniors. With the what they call the silver tsunami of everyone, all the baby boomers reaching retirement age, senior care centers, residential assisted living facilities are becoming a very attractive asset. There's actually, uh, don't want to <laughs> give an unnecessary plug here, but there is a very, very talented guy out there, uh, Gene Guarino. Okay. It might ring a bell for some of you. He's got a course that uh, is all about investing in residential assisted living centers. Oh. So that's one of the ones that comes to mind. And, and, and with that, his last name? Oh, God. That's, uh, that's going to be a little bit or kind of, or what do you think it is? Maybe? Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's G-U-A-R-I-N-O. And uh, he's, I know he's very big in the field on that. And so all I'm saying is don't rule out senior assisted living centers or residential yeah. care centers because of the sheer volume of people who are retiring and the opportunities that that's creating. 
Yeah, that's fantastic, Nick. Great. Um, so with that, and again, you've helped um, many investors and you just gave us some really great insight into what these investors, these top investors are looking at. And um, any other thoughts about uh, investors and and how to you know manage that or uh, how to do that or any other thing, tips that you have brought up in their books that they've uh, published with you? Other tips, I think, as with nearly anything in life, you want to start with the end in mind. Don't just rush into investing thinking, I'm going to buy a duplex, or I'm going to purchase this other asset class. Really know why you're doing it. And within knowing why you're doing it, know what your specific investment goals are. Do you want cash flow? Are you at the point in your life where you still have time, and so you're looking for appreciation? What are your specific goals going in as an investor? And then based on those goals, it might make sense to go in the multifamily direction, or it might make sense to do more of a buy and hold strategy. It just, you need to have those things in mind before you get started. Yeah. So that would, be, that would be one thing that comes to mind. And then another thing I think is we're talking all about investors and the implication is that you're going to be an active investor, but don't rule out being a passive investor. There are, plenty of people who get a very substantial cash flow or just have a pretty relaxed time as a result of passive investments in real estate. So if you're running, working around the clock as a realtor, you don't necessarily have time to go in full on as an investor too. And maybe you, you like spending your weekends with family rather than hunched over your desk, you know, looking at financials, reading quarterlies, you might be better off going in the passive investor direction, or finding turnkey providers, working with a turnkey realty okay. real estate provider, okay. buying into one of their. And so yeah, passive investor, do you have any uh, uh, recommendations on, on you know who that is or where I look for that? Do I Google passive investor or, or how uh, in real estate? Or uh, how, what do you recommend? Well, if you're a passive investor, you're really just taking a portion of your money, some some that you've set aside, and putting that into what's called a deal sponsor's deals. So a deal sponsor is someone who is syndicating, and syndicating is a huge, intimidating sounding word, but it really just means a person who is leading a group of investors, passive investors like yourself, to purchase, say, an apartment complex, or to purchase a set of single family rental SFR homes, a portfolio of that. So the syndicator is the person who finds the deals, does all the work of managing them, and in exchange for their efforts, they get a percentage of the returns, but you, the investors, give them the money, so you're also receiving a percentage. Yeah. So going into a deal like that, you would be the passive investor, and that's how you would earn your returns. And yeah. in terms of actually finding a deal sponsor, the first step on that would be to just go out and network. As a realtor, you probably have a large network already, but continue to expand it as you would normally do, going to meetups, going to various other networking functions, working through your social channels, and eventually you will find someone who's yeah. syndicating for a deal, raising capital for a deal, and there's your opportunity as a passive investor. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, those are great. Uh, you know, and there's so much like in meetup that I'm just thinking on, 
I, gosh, there must be, I don't know, 20, 50 different meetups on real estate investors and, uh, you know, join those groups. And so, and for a lot of things, so like you say, you know, you could get a sponsor there and, and someone that, you know, is working those deals looking for capital, but you could also get people where you might just partner with them and actually do some deal of a multifamily or whatever the case be. So it all depends on what you desire. And so for each one of us out there that, you know, I want you to think now about what do you want and that you know what is your objective as far as investments and and you know is it for cash flow is it for appreciation if you're younger probably more on the appreciation and so some great areas to be able to resources in order to be able to find those uh, investors in fact Nick you're so and you got so excited with publishing all these books with investors that you're thinking about actually getting it into it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. It's why not, right? It's it's a couldn't be a better time to get into real estate. Yeah, yeah. It's a great time to get into real estate. Well, with that, this has just been fantastic, Nick, and we appreciate your input. Do you have any um, last comments? First of all, on uh, any uh, thoughts about? Uh, uh, you know, getting this book, writing the creator of the seven hour book that uh, any last thoughts about uh, the book and any uh, other little gems, diamonds you want to leave with us before we leave? Yeah, I think one of the diamonds that comes to mind right now would be for this podcast and for any other podcast that people are listening to, don't be afraid to hit the pause button. And I say that because we're, as we were listening to these shows, there's the tendency to just go through it. But as yeah. you mentioned throughout this segment, Dr. Hank, you want to be taking notes. And when yeah. you do, when an idea does come to your head, that idea is going to pull you away from everything else that's going to be said. So you're right. going to be thinking about that idea while the host or the presenter continues talking. So you're going to yeah. miss, in all likelihood, you're going to miss the other things that they're saying. So don't yeah. be afraid when you hear something that triggers a thought in your mind to hit that pause button, to write down what you've yeah. heard to make sense of it, to analyze it, and then come back to it, unpausing it. So that's something I would add. Nick, that is just really an amazing, amazing point. And that I have, uh, I just heard, I, I had someone uh, join uh, with me at EXP two weeks ago, and I have four, um, uh, uh, two podcast, four modules of training in order to get up and running on this leads program, America's number one leads program that you basically get for free. And um, and so we had this this um, oh, I just knocked my hair off that and so we had this uh, this one guy was doing it and he went through one of them as a podcast on on how to do it that I had with the expert in uh, with this KB car and so he said yeah he's just had amazing success and I said and people asked him well how do you do it and he said well what I did is in that podcast I stopped it I paused it and I wrote down, you know, what it was, and he got 20 deals in the last two weeks. He's got 20 deals that he's actively working on. And so can you imagine, you know, having 20 deals just by, like you say, you know, pause it because there's so much information here uh, that, that you have shared with us today and so much valuable. And it's just uh, that field of diamonds, you know, and you want to stop and, and do it. And then any other last thoughts about uh, investing that you have, that you just had some great points on that, but any other thoughts on that or anything else before we leave? Yeah, uh, drink water. And I, I say drink water because it's, I know it's not related to real estate. I know it's, 
totally off off topic here, but many of us going through the day feel tired or we feel burned out, whether that's after lunch with the quote food coma or first thing in the morning. And we can try to drink more coffee. We can try to do whatever productivity hacks we might find. But the simplest thing you can do in so many cases to feel better, to be more energetic and to be more alert in your work as a realtor is to just drink water and to hydrate your body. So that's, that, that's the final thing I would leave you with. You, you are really amazing, Nick. And so uh, under my teaching, and, and I channel with uh, uh, infinite intelligence, that basically I've been told three things. And for good health is to have good feeling thoughts. So simply have good feeling thoughts. So if you're thinking about an idea that doesn't make you feel good about that person or situation or whatever, that get off it and just think about there's some you can grab and you can ask for some good feeling thoughts and you'll get better and better feeling thoughts. That's number one. Number two is to breathe deeply. And so this idea about breath in the Bible, spirit actually means breath. And so to breathe in about five seconds in and then five seconds out. And as you do that, that you're literally cleansing your body and purifying your body. And the third step, right with you, Nick, is drink lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> and so this comes from all that is. It says, hey, here's the three ways to have good health. So you're right on, drinking lots of water. And so how to be sharper, healthier, have a longer life. All of us want longevity, and this is how to do it. So you are a wise man, Nick, and we appreciate you so much for uh, being with us. Again, it's uh, Nick Rathal, and and Nick, you've just been amazing. Uh, you can get him uh, at uh, contentcore.net. And uh, that's where you can learn, have that book, have that credibility, and come, don't be just a realtor. Lift yourself up, leave a legacy, help and serve the community by sharing your knowledge because each one of you have the knowledge in order to help others be able to serve and improve everybody's life in this world. With that, Nick, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hank. It's been great. Hey, and you're just fantastic and just what a great man and we appreciate all your wisdom and to all of you out there know that just think better feeling thoughts breathe deeply drink lots of, of water and why not write a book with next all the best to you dr bye-bye